Momentum begets momentum, and the best way to start is to start. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today here on the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast. And as always, I am so, so excited to talk about our conversation today. Today's session is all on psychological momentum, how to understand and harness the power of your own brain. And here's the truth about momentum in your brain. There are physiological components that do make it either easier or harder for you to follow through with your goals and find success in what you want out of life. But the best thing to know about that is that those physiological components can be directly influenced by you. I don't know why we don't talk about this more. The great Tony Robbins so eloquently said something that has proven so true in my own life. He said, excitement must lead to immediate action or you will lose the power of momentum. Most dreams die because we fail to seize the power of momentum. But why is this? This is something I know to be true and I want you all to know as true as well. And that is that momentum is a much greater driving force than simply trying to rely on your motivation. And that's exactly what I'm covering in today's session. First, what is psychological momentum? Next, what is actually happening in the brain? And as always, how can we use this information to better develop our lifestyle and therefore our reality accordingly? And of course, I'm going to be giving simple examples to make it all make sense, regardless of how you're listening to this session or whether you're an expert or brand new to the topics and discussion on the brain, personal development, and really anything in between. We're on our third session of the second season, and I'm answering some of the most common questions that I get either in my one-on-ones or on social, and I'd love to hear from you as well, regardless if we're currently working together or not. You can always connect with me on my website, that's www.purposefullifestyledevelopment.com. You can message me on social. I'm on all the major ones, but currently most active on TikTok. We have a really exciting community. It's a great source for me to give some free one to three minute coaching and tips. And if you want a little bit of positivity and inspiration on your feed, you can follow me there at the handle Coach Tessa. You can also email me directly at info at purposefullifestyledevelopment.com. That goes straight to me and I would love to hear from you. And lastly, if you'd like to share something you've learned with me along the way or together, I'd love it if you could hop on to whatever podcast hosting site you're listening on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and go ahead and leave me a review, maybe even a question or two. Not only would I love to hear what you have to say, but the engagement with this show really boosts it in the algorithm so that others are able to join in the conversation as well. But with that being said, let's dive into today's session. First, what is psychological momentum? To quote the experts in this topic, Iso Aholo and Dotson, they say, quote, 
psychological momentum is conceptualized as a perceptual phenomenon, meaning the way you perceive or understand something, that changes human behavior and performance. It is experienced as a psychological force in which several factors or qualities converge in synergistic ways to enable one to perform on a level not ordinarily possible. We see this in sports. It's similar to that winner's high, how winning a match or a game can make a player fully believe that the success of this game will create or somehow proves the success of another. And just to distinguish, if this win doesn't actually lead to a, quote, altered state of mind to which they see success becoming a real possibility and sense things inevitably going in their way, they don't have what we're referring to as psychological momentum. But this has been studied in terms of elite athletes and performers, even big CEOs, They're trying to figure out if this is part of the reason that these top athletes and top performers are able to become so incredibly skilled, seemingly unbeatable. Let's think about it in terms of the brain. Our brain likes when it sees something that it feels is efficient. Our brain likes efficiency. It feels good to us to be efficient because it saves time and energy, including that mental energy. Psychological momentum actually works alongside this truth because when someone does have or has tapped into that psychological momentum, whatever goal or task they are trying to complete, their positive momentum firing pieces of their brain actually enhance their sense of success in pursuit of that goal. When they first feel any success, whether it's our previous example with the highest skilled athletes or just someone who's trying to complete the next step in a project, their self-confidence and self-competence actually grows. This leads to greater expectations of themselves, but also, and this is the key part, increased assumption in both their ability mentally and physically to perform. And this thought process actually does lead to a greater likelihood of success. Then, following this growth in more psychological momentum, your further task performance is perceived or seen as much easier, and you actually believe that it will go more smoothly. Now, all of these are great things, but unfortunately, as we discuss, the pendulum swings both ways. Imagine for this person, the task, either it's winning the championship or finishing the project. What happens if it has to be restarted? You lose or something doesn't go right. It becomes much more demanding or difficult. Well, this can lead to some even more or more intense negative responses. Think of the example of a project. Put yourself in this scenario. You're working on something, you're really in the groove, everything's going smoothly, and you feel great like nothing can get in your way. The wind is in your sails. But then something goes wrong. Maybe it's something someone else messed up. They missed the deadline. Or they even just flat screwed up. That feeling of failure, annoyance, anger, those can be even stronger and knock you out of momentum. So why is that? 
For someone who is experiencing that psychological momentum, not only are you, you know, annoyed, anger, disappointed, whatever that feeling is because of the screw up, but you also feel those things because it feels like you're being kicked off of cloud nine. You can feel that loss of momentum. Think of if you're working on something creative, even me right now, writing for this podcast, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling in flow. I'm thinking faster than my hands can keep up with right now. But if something happened, maybe something that I needed to take care of, something problematic, it would most likely feel worse because not just at the base, do I have to fix the problem? I would feel that it knocked me out of flow. So where does this all start? Because psychological momentum does have to be created. It doesn't just happen on its own. And given that the whole success versus failure concept is one of the most powerful variables in all of psychology, it's not really surprising that the two go hand in hand. It kind of feels similar or maybe opposite to a negativity bias to me. Negativity bias, to put it really, really simply, is basically when your brain is trying to keep you safe by assuming and planning for what it perceives as the worst possible scenario. But this is somewhat like the opposite. Think of it like this. Say you're competing against someone and you win. How does your perception change? For most people, it's some combination of your perception of your own abilities increasing your perception of your opponent's abilities decreasing, maybe some of both. A good way to think of this is think back to how you could feel in school after a test. This is a really easy one for us to picture. Say you passed the test and a lot of other people didn't. How did you feel about that? Did you think, oh, I just must be really smart? This was just easy for me, so clearly I'm smarter than them not really thinking about the studying? Or do you think, you know, they must not be very bright. They must have not studied. Do you give some perception of them? Or do you think, I must have just got really lucky. I guessed really well. Does your performance on this test in any way indicate to you how you will do on the next? I want you to think about that scenario. How can we make sure that in our own lives, we are seeing our successes as a true positive psychological momentum, and use that to improve our chances of success in the future. Because remember, that's the differentiating factor, that somehow this changed perception actually makes you more skillful. You are actually better than you would have been otherwise. I love this example when thinking about momentum, and I want you to picture it as we dive into what actions we should take. Picture pushing a stalled car down the road. You're pushing and pushing and it just doesn't feel like it's budging. The most effort that you give comes from that push. But that first movement, the first roll of the tires, guess what? That's when it gets easier. And each roll of the tires, it gets easier. It gets more momentum. It's getting from that dead stop to a slight movement that's the hardest part. But once you really get it going, the opposite is true. It'd be really dang hard to stop that car from rolling. You can't just give it a little resistance and try to make it stop because you just end up getting run over. It's already got that momentum. 
but I want you to take whatever your problem is or whatever you're trying to fix, whatever you're trying to correct, a habit change, something you're trying to implement into your life, whatever it is for you, picture yourself pushing that car. You have to do the hard part and you can't give up before the wheels start turning. You can get the wheels of whatever you want in your life turning as long as you don't give up before they start. So here's the formula for exactly what you need to do. You need to give your body all the dopamine. Dopamine drives us to look for, do, and repeat activities that feel really good. And it makes us feel good. Our motivation increases. If we have low dopamine, it's really bad, not only mentally, but physically as well. So if you want to change something in your life, when you're experiencing that low energy and lacking enthusiasm, maybe lacking that motivation, you have to begin actually altering your conscious state. And I promise I'll get into this. What you need to do is you need to manipulate your actual neurochemistry, the chemistry in the brain. You want it to naturally stimulate more dopamine production. This will basically just make you feel like you want to get more stuff done. But how do we trigger that? How do we trigger more dopamine in our brain that tells us to move forward, to continue, to practice, to get in the habit? You have to find ways to celebrate your little wins, all the little successes, and do it early. Anything that signals the feeling that the plan is working. And aside from that, some outside factors just to throw this in, go get some vitamin D directly in the sun. This is really good for dopamine production. Do the things that decrease your anxiety or your stress, whether you can meditate or journal or movements really good, whether it's that high intensity workout to really get your blood going or even yoga breath work that connects you to your body. And also make sure you're getting enough sleep that you aren't throwing your body off with too much processed foods or sugar. All of these things, they really help you naturally produce more dopamine. And you want to set a strong intention. Again, I'm going to give you a really easy example here. But it's so important to set your why and set your intention because attaining and getting through little goals and effective goals are the best way to improve that dopamine in your brain. When you have something to work towards, your dopamine's already naturally increasing. But then when you have intention and you have a why, you're tapping into your emotion, the emotion of how good it will feel when this task is completed and why it will feel so good. This really amps up your body's ability to get in line with that psychological momentum. You can do this by giving yourself a new reference point. And here's my example. Say you are trying to get your health on track and maybe some current thoughts in your mind are, I have tried this so many times. I failed this time. I failed this time. I wasn't able to implement this. You got to stop and you need to change your reference point. Start with, again, those little steps. You know, I didn't snooze my alarm this morning and I did my morning movement. That's a win. I made some homemade balanced breakfast, maybe had some fruit, had some protein, instead of going through the drive-thru. That's a win. I made my bed because in my vision of myself, that's what my best me does, and I did it, and that's a win. Celebrating the little wins allows you to crave more little wins, and then you start to crave the bigger ones, 
the bigger desires grow. Vincent van Gogh said so famously that great things are not just done by impulse, but by series of a very small things brought together. And I talked about leaning into this impulse last session, but this is how we keep it going. It's a much more eloquent way to say the phrase that I always say is be okay with the baby steps. Welcome and honor and be happy for all the dang baby steps. It's a step in the right direction. And that is all that we can do. And then repeat and then repeat and then repeat. You have to be mindful about creating this flow state or this feeling of flow by finding your balance between what are perceived as challenges and what actions you can create. Just like our example of getting healthy or doing something that you perceive will make you feel healthier. Think about that morning movement. You know that you get that sense and that rush right after your workout and you feel so good. So you want to keep doing it more. You like the results. It feels good. But even though you know all of these things, when it's time to go to the gym, you get resistance. You feel that pullback. When it's time to get up and move, you feel the physical, oh, I don't want to do that. Here's where you have already leaned into your intention of what you want. You've leaned into that real desire, but now you're keeping up with the momentum Take the baby steps, put your shoes on, put the cute outfit on, just walk towards it. And now as you are completing the task, you've completed the task of one shoe, second shoe, get the water, whatever steps you need to take, you are creating that momentum. Then you allow flow. Your brain stops telling you so many of the reasons as to why you shouldn't and focuses more on how good it felt after that is creating that momentum. Flow is basically the central state of all psychological momentum because it helps the main positive habit formation, right? Whatever it is you're trying to do, say again from that example, it's trying to get that morning movement. It becomes a rewarded part of your performance. Flow is, quote, a state that people experience when they feel an effortless concentration, enjoyment, and motivation to perform. So now you've moved from the resistant thought of getting up and moving to where you are excited. Your body wants it. You're already feeling good about just getting ready and going. And now it's not just the one day. You're already getting ready for tomorrow's and excited how you're going to feel and lean into that and move forward with that. Now you're creating the positive momentum that you want to eat the healthy thing, the thing that feels good for your body when you move because you're excited for the next workout. You find yourself going to sleep at an earlier time so that you really have the energy to set forth in that goal. All the pieces feel like they're falling into alignment for you. It's easy. It's effortless. You have fun. Looking up the new workout and creating the new workout isn't scary or laborious. It's exciting. That's flow. That's psychological momentum. So to tie it all together, you need to be solid in your intention and know your why. But take pride and congratulate yourself for every single win along the way because it's adding up and adding up and adding up. I see this like the snowball effect. Picture rolling a tiny snowball down a hill. That's your first bit of effort. 
that tiny first step, but then it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows as it rolls and it becomes massive because it's picking up the snow or all the other added pieces of you getting to your goal along the way. This is how your brain sees psychological momentum. Allow every win to be like more snow in your snowball and then nothing will be strong enough to stand in the way of you creating the life that you desire. That momentum is going to be too strong. And now, once you've mastered this, you are absolutely in the process of stepping into and creating the lifestyle that you desire on purpose. But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness. Mm-hmm.